0: Now entering
1: the Bitcoin
0: Podcast Network. We've got a sponsor for you this week. This week's episode is sponsored by Status. The Status app lets you chat, browse, and transact on the Ethereum blockchain. Take control of your own private secure messaging, use apps on mobile, and secure your assets. Download the app today where you get your mobile apps or at git. That's get. The Bitcoin podcast will also be in the TBP channel of the Status app to give out a little ST and let you play around with these features and start chatting privately today. Enjoy the show.
1: It's a Bitcoin podcast.
2: Uh, welcome to the Bitcoin podcast. Cast, cast, I'm uh, yeah, this is episode three hundred and five. Uh, I'm the host that talks first. D.
0: I am another host, Dr. Corey Petty.
2: You damn right. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. This is uh, this is an ex- this is gonna be an episode like you've never heard before. I promise you. Um, so. How's your week, Corey? Not bad. Um kind of
0: slow. Getting tired of being inside.
2: Yeah. Uh you getting yeah. a little you getting a little bit of the quarantine cabin fever.
0: Yeah, decided to start a new project where I am uh, going to redo my computer. Redo it like to that. do Yeah. To do turn it into like a system that can run. Multiple operating systems at the same time.
2: So, a supercomputer? No, but okay, Close. I can do a lot of cool stuff. Okay. Okay. Sounds like an interesting week. Uh, I am in and out of quarantine. So, my week was kind of like uh, it was a regular week, man. Go to, go to work, you know, hanging out, doing the work shit, the you know, work shuffle, uh, do my thing. At an undisclosed location in America. So
0: why undisclosed?
2: Because I like to keep my life private, Corey. I'm not like one of those millennials, uh-huh. okay? I'm not like one of those crazy millennials that like to put my life out there. You know, I like to, I like to keep things private.
0: Do you know that you're still sharing your screen?
2: Uh, I know that now because you just reminded me.
0: i <laughs> <laughs> watching you click through shit. You gotta That's try right. a little. Stop sharing your screen.
2: Well, hold on. I'm getting. In, I need to get in the to Figure out the hell we're supposed to talk about. Because other than that, I'm just filling air. So uh,
0: yeah, I wanted to. Oh, I asked the Slack uh, if there's any like technical topic they wanted me to cover. I got one answer, but I kind of answered it on the spot because it wasn't that that there wasn't a lot of depth associated with it. Um, like I could it couldn't have filled filled a lot of time. And I didn't give any other answers. Maybe I need to find a different way to ask that question. But like, I kind of want to start polling um, our audience to see what type of technical topics, even just like fundamentally simple stuff on how things work, like how do wallets work or how does a specific type of key yeah. derivation works or how do nodes work or how does the you know Bitcoin mempool work, just whatever, you, you ask me whatever. And yeah. I'll do some research that week make sure I understand and can explain it at least within like 15 to 20 minutes and have that as a section of the show. So for those that are listening, come up with things that you want to know about, things you don't quite understand. doesn't matter how trivial it is, and I'll explain it uh, on the show.
2: Yeah, we always have Just to like let us know,
0: Let us know on the slacker. Let us know uh, on Twitter or something. We'll keep track of it.
2: We always have to cater to like our um, new audience, man, because I think that over the years, we were the one-stop shop for, for people. If they were to Google Bitcoin podcast, they could to us. But there's so many podcasts now, but there's always going to be new people. And so you got to take a second to to appreciate their new shit. And, yeah, I don't think you know, we do that
0: enough, right? Like, even just having like a small section on the show informally, where I explain some concept to help people get an understanding on how things work every time would be useful.
2: I can dig it, man. Oh, shit, you know what's actually going down this weekend? Like, as soon as I'm done recording? What? I'm gonna go find a puppy, man.
0: What? Why? Why are you getting a puppy?
2: So I can have one. I don't understand that question. <laughs> what the fuck question is that?
0: I guess. I guess it's reasonable now that
2: you're I don't go anywhere. I don't, I'm not traveling. You don't go anywhere. You I'm actually a, have a place. Yeah. I'm at an you're, undisclosed you're, location. Guess, like, right? Every time
0: I've always questioned that with you, is like your living situation was up in the air.
2: Yeah. Or I'm like your stability and...
0: in terms of like you being home all the time, it's always up in the air. Now that's not necessarily the case. So what kind of puppy are you going to
2: get? Uh, something brown, something cute, something large when it's, when it's grown.
0: Why you want something
2: brown? Ah, because I'm brown. matches. Okay. So <laughs> let's let's get right into the- Your
0: your criteria for picking animals is very different than mine.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh Henry Henry, so this this week's interview we had on Henry Bitmod, uh he's he's uh, he's your he's your he's your dude, bro, he's your bro. He's from Status. Yeah,
0: uh, we have a, a, a like a program called Status Ambassadors where it's mm-hmm. kind of like you don't work for status like as a core contributor um it's kind of like the next concentric circle outside of the main um developers and it's like a, a group of, of community members that have kind of been elevated a step forward and incentivized to kind of proselytize status they're like kind of the fans and people who are interested who know more than the average joe about how status works and what you can do and stuff and we kind of um directly cater to to them and incentivize them to help do community community-based efforts and so he's he's one of the leading ones i'd say or one of the larger ones in the an ecosystem that helps us tremendously so it was nice having him on
2: mm. okay well we're gonna get into that bullshit but <coughs> what i <laughs> what i uh I, I said something in the slack this week and it is well, two things happened to me this week. Uh, I had an epiphany uh, that after, after five years doing this podcast, I figured out you know like what crypto means to me. And I love it. And then also, I also had a secondary epiphany, a sub epiphany, if you will. I'm pretty sure that's in the dictionary. Sub-iphany? And a sub a sub epiphany. It is actually a sub point of an epiphany. Uh, this is just science. You can look it up. And I am on. I'm going closer to full tilt. Ether is better than Bitcoin. Ethereum is a better network than the Bitcoin network. So, I know what you're thinking.
0: That's pretty far. That's, that's, that's
2: <laughs> just let me know when I get to know D. By the way, audience, D has
0: bought a soundboard. And so, yep. um, be prepared to be annoyed a lot more than you used to be. Uh, yep, in the podcast.
2: You damn right. <laughs> no
0: longer is he playing sounds off of his phone into his microphone. He's it's, directly it's, hooked it into his line, so you hear it. You hear the quality. Yeah. Just I'm a like professional you
2: now. I'm a. That's what you always wanted, audience, and that's what you're getting. All right. I'm a. Prof- <laughs> I'm a professional podcaster now. Uh, so the reason I came to that conclusion, Corey, are you ready? is because I feel like every wolf ticket that I was sold by the B- Bitcoin community back in 2012 2013 wolf ticket yeah I said wolf ticket
0: alright I'll go I'll ask what that is later we can continue
2: a wolf ticket is like uh, it's kind of like slang for uh you know, uh, little red riding hood went into that house and she was like, "Yo, like I'm I'm here to kick it with your grandma." And then the wolf was like, "I'm not your grandma, bitch. You're dead." It's like a wolf ticket. Like you go there I don't expecting think he,
0: I don't think you've ever listened to that or read that story.
2: I, <laughs> I, I actually that's the actual original transcript or, or <laughs> um anyway, <laughs> "Not your grandma, bitch." Uh, you did. Anyway. Uh, so All the wolf tickets I was sold by the Bitcoin community back in the day of like decentralized communities, um, uh, being able to just handle the volume needed to become a global currency, to become a global anything. Um, The cool, like futuristic shit. Like I remember we had somebody on our podcast that wanted to have drones pay routers and and like all kinds of cool shit. And I feel like all that development and all that, like, um, intellectual capital has moved out of the Bitcoin community. And all that's left is some really smart, awesome people. But they're also really tribal. I don't know. Like, I feel like there's no more. You know, like we were just three guys or just two guys. There's none. There's no more of that. It seems like a lot more of that is is in the ether community. And um, business logic, and and just really cool applications, and actually having a community that is agreeable and amenable. Well, for the most part, Evan is on the. He's starting to teeter. I don't know. Or maybe what you guys he's are just about. trolling.
0: <laughs> Evan, Evan is great.
2: He's a troller. He's trolls. He's a troller. He's he
0: troll. He gets he gets trolled by Bitcoin people significantly, and so he trolls them back on Twitter. But well, in terms of. No- Him as a human being is great. And what his his contribution is to the community.
2: Yeah. Well, that was my subiphany. I think think Ethers has got it going on. And there's a lot of things that I think Bitcoin got right. But a lot of things that, as time goes on, it's not going to be able to sustain in a way that makes it anything other than boring. Like, Bitcoin is... Go ahead.
0: I kind of agree with you on most of that but like i'm not i'm still not ready to throw bitcoin out the window i'm still reserving it judgment because we're so early like there's a lot of changes that are trying to be made from the bitcoin ecosystem that drastically open it back up to innovation and bring developers back on and trying new things that aren't kind of the same old hat that we've been hearing for a long time like like you said earlier like There were a bunch of different narratives in the beginning when we started on what you can do with Bitcoin and what's going to happen and what it's used for. And over time, um, as it kind of filled its bucket of available use, like it it was maxing out the capacity of the network and nothing changed really. And there's been some there's been a few key innovations like SegWit and things built on top of SegWit that have helped with that capacity Like nothing really changes. And so like, because of that, you've limited the available things you can do on the network at the cost of, I don't know, stability. Uh, someone say something like that, but like, because those use cases are no longer viable, the narratives along with those use cases are gone too. And they they went elsewhere.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. So they went to Ethereum for the time being. Bitcoin is kind of stuck with this where store value, and that's the only narrative they can really talk about right now because there's not much else you can really do with it in its current form. But I, some of the things that are in the pipeline, assuming they get in, like Taproot, Schnorr signatures, things like that, which other networks have implemented, by the way, um, like then it opens itself back up because it still has the majority of like the, the liquidity of cryptocurrency across the board, but like. I agree with the fact that Ethereum's just it does it all better, but there's still arguments to be made that it's more generalized. Like you can because you can do more stuff with it, it's not as secure. It's more room for error. But that's no reason to not use it. That's just that's just a stupid argument that people say when they don't have mm-hmm. anything else to say.
2: Exactly. Because you so, can
0: secure it. You can make secure things. Yeah. It's just more difficult.
2: Yeah and And I guess to 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 the main epiphany it was um crypto has benefited me has included has increased my wealth in more ways than one, like uh, the things I've had to learn to keep up with this space, the things I've had to do to keep up with this space the the show um actual financial um changes, like it just being involved with this community kind of makes you better. I don't want that to come across as cheesy, but it is what it is. I mean, if if you want to be up to speed in this community, you got to learn fast. You got to learn real fast and you got to be amenable because there's so many people that probably have more knowledge than you in an area or less knowledge than you in an area. So you got to work with different types of people. You got to work with different culture. Like I'm pretty sure in status, you guys have so many people all over the planet. So you've got to kind of respect those boundaries I think just being involved in crypto just generally makes you kind of, kind of better. Like, it just does. There's no. It's kind of a, a byproduct because uh, of how it's so integral.
0: I think that depends on what like, what part of the community you find yourself in. Like, there's really toxic parts that you can you can be succumbed to and not realize that there are really really other great parts to like better yourself. So if you yeah. can find a way. To join a community that keep that like, kind of shields you from that, or isn't isn't focused on that, cough cough, the Bitcoin podcast community. Yeah, then
2: <laughs> we'll like, launch a bitch quick. We'll launch a fucker real quick if he's in this community talking some shit. <laughs> then, uh,
0: then it it, it can really benefit you. Like, uh, for instance, I guess if you're just working at status. This is something I've never experienced before. Um, in the process of trying to name features and items um in the application and like what like what we call things um i came up with an idea that gave like a specific type of intuition on what the thing was used for or what that feature did and how the person should think about it right so like we have all these different technologies that we use inside cryptocurrency that involve like cryptography and like pieces of cryptography that average people don't understand and so we have to name them things. For instance, like my whole argument on um, intuition around uh, what happens when you call uh, Bitcoin accounts wallets, right? Mm-hmm. And how you think about it and like how it's not necessarily a very good intuition. So we have these arguments within status about kind of what we name things. And I thought I came up with a really good idea because it was, good, it was a good idea and gave the right intuition in English.
3: Mm-hmm. But
0: we have so many people across the globe that like they're like oh no that word doesn't mean anything like that like the translation for that word because like status is translated to a bunch of different languages doesn't mean anything like that so for us it would be it, it would be complete gibberish to call it that and it would it would be bad
2: how do you approach that argument like I'm pretty sure it was a discussion how do you approach it were you brash or were you like did you no, because you like we need them?
0: we need to name things that are useful to everyone who uses it like we're not like you sh- it's a global technology you can't be biased towards your own specific like social cluster and like the and like the cultures within it like you need to try and make sure this technology is useful to everyone who wants to use it mm-hmm. that's kind of the idea and so you when you name over. things they need to have the right intuition
2: you definitely can't be stubborn when you're working with people. You definitely have to take into consideration that they may be right about something that you're not right about. And well, yeah, but also like in in
0: a, in a case like that, say for instance, just naming something and and the, the languages that go with it. I don't know what you're about to do. You're smiling, giggling. I don't
2: know. <laughs> you didn't hear that? No, you didn't hear this.
0: No, I didn't hear that one. You need to set the output to the right one.
2: You screwed it up. Oh, damn. I messed it up. That means the audience uh, is probably hearing it. No, oh, shit. No,
0: audience damn can't it. hear it. I can't hear it. Audience can't hear it.
2: I fucked it up. Damn it.
0: Anyway, it's D-Message it. of the soundboard. Like, like it, There it is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Corey, you can't be so stubborn about your points. Oh, you man. Gotta... <laughs> no, I didn't realize you
0: just set that one up. Of course you did. Damn. for those who don't know, I had a large argument about the words in that song, um, and I made fun of D, because uh, I thought he said it incorrectly and i it was a long trailing joke on how stupid d was for saying the wrong words when it turns out
2: <laughs> I was wrong um. I didn't know when I'm wrong anyway. <laughs> But I, I do, I do see what you're getting at, and it's, uh, it's, it's kind of very appropriate for the, the the interview that we had, and that is like, what is a community? How are you building a community? What's it? Uh, how does it interact? What are the goals of the community? All these things seem like they're easy. It seems like they just organically emerge, but they don't. I think there's initial conditions that set out what a community behaves like what it talks about, what it does, how it does it. Like, I don't think it's as emergent as we think it is.
0: It's kind Uh, of chaotic in a sense that like what emerges is heavily based upon your initial conditions, like who's mm -hmm. in it and the rules that are set. And like from there, things can evolve. But like based on that initial set of conditions, Makes a huge difference on what kind of what kind of grows. Like the people in our community and the Bitcoin Podcast community are here because of the way we've conducted ourselves and the type of show we made from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like that's the only reason they're here because they're listening to us. And they want to join the conversation. But like people who listened and didn't like what we were, which means they didn't really like agree with what we said or how we said it. They didn't join the community. So like we built a community that exists because we acted a certain way. And that's, that's how, that's how, that's how things grow.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, how, so I guess what this boils into is like how pivotal is having a damn good community to crypto projects. Cause that's what we really need to hone in on. Right. We need to hone in on well, Jesus,
0: that's like the number one thing you need. It's the only thing you need.
2: <laughs> you think? I it's you—you it's
0: you, you you... will not succeed, period, in a blockchain-based project if you do not have a good community, mm-hmm. if you don't have a strong community, period. Because it's, it's the nature of how this stuff works. You have to have a group of people agreeing on something for the underlying native scarce asset to be worth anything or for, for it to be used. And that's done through having a strong community who agrees with what you're doing and wants it and finds purpose in using it.
2: We need power users. We need more power users. How did like, how, how do you empower someone to be a power user? Like of stat? What's a power user for stat? What's a power user of the Bitcoin podcast network? Somebody that just listens all the time. Or somebody contributes
0: there? to the conversation inside Slack and Twitter and and it okay. helps us do what we do by, like, talking with us, talking with people in the Slack, giving us, like, things that they think are interesting, asking questions. Like, in my opinion, that's a power user. It's just someone active in the community.
2: Okay. So if you want to be a Bitcoin podcast uh, power user, you got to contribute. You got to be – if you want to be the Ryu of Bitcoin <laughs> Podcast Network and not the Honda, you got to contribute. You got to talk. You got to give us talking points. You got to prognosticate with us. Maybe drink with us sometimes. We like to drink. Any,
0: anybody that's been a part of the show, almost, there's a, like, I can think of maybe a few examples outside of this, but like anyone who is a part of our network, uh, the people we pay to do things, the people that contribute, the people that come on the show, like almost like 95% of them were just people who joined the conversation and contributed information
2: mm-hmm.
0: and asked questions and just started participating. Like we, we pull from our community in terms of making the podcast better. Okay. You know what I mean, like I uh, we actively listen to the, the, to like the people who say things and what they're interested in and so on and so forth. And we ask them questions when we don't know things because there's people in the community that are, that know more stuff than us in specific areas.
2: Yeah. I, I wish I talked more about Bitcoin stuff and crypto stuff, but sometimes I just get a little off topic in the little, uh, community there. So um okay. So now we I want to go into the interview with Mr. Bitmod. I don't I I have a hard time believing that's his last name.
0: I don't think it is too.
2: I have a really hard time believing that. So you so know any in,
0: You know any Nigerians that have Bitmod as their last name or Bitmod? Right? I, know.
2: I know some Decepticons that have the last name Bitmod. <laughs> I think that's where we go. Sorry, Henry. No offense. Uh, Without further ado, here it is.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Bitcoin Podcast. I'm your host today, Dr. Corey Petty, and D is not with us as he's hung up in meetings and couldn't make this particular interview. Today we got Henry with us. Henry, why don't you uh, let the audience know who you are, what you do, what you're about.
1: Right. Um, so good evening, everyone. My name is Henry. I'm a Nigerian and a crypto enthusiast. So I am, I've i been into cryptocurrencies for about two years now, going to three, actually. I joined late 2017. So I started with um, just, you know, this small moderating jobs for different projects. Then I was working with ICO. So I've mostly been in the space as a, Community manager, community moderator, and all of that. I also write articles and host events, and I'm planning to start a podcast for the Nigerian community. So that's just what I do. How
0: did you get into crypto in the first place? Like, what what brought you to it, and like, how did you start finding finding jobs?
1: Okay, um, so there was this um project. I'm not sure if you heard of it. Um, MMM, it started around um. 2017. So I I knew someone that was into it, and he was also into MMM as well. And they did something that you could like pay Bitcoin and invest in. Although so it was a Ponzi scheme then. So that was where he had of Bitcoin, and he introduced it to me. And that was the first time I heard about cryptocurrencies. Then I started learning about it for me. So he has been in the, he had been in the space for a year before I joined. Like that was before the gold market, so I joined when you know the prices started went started going crazy. that was when I decided to step into it.
0: what's it like like what's the Nigerian scene look like, especially like the Nigerian crypto scene like is it like can you give us a kind of a, an overview of like what people are talking about, what people are doing um okay. like navigating um, the landscape?
1: yeah, so most people that are in Nigeria, what most people know about cryptocurrencies is limited to their knowledge about Bitcoin. And what most of them know is that, you know, they can just trade it and make profit. No, most of them don't really understand the basic of decentralization, the basic of, they don't really understand blockchain. What they know is that, all right, so I can invest in Bitcoin after a while. Maybe if the price goes up or they trade it or something, like that's what most of them are focused on. Although there is a large... um, let me say a small percentage that into um you know u- using the blockchain space to like get jobs, people are into um developing like um web development, blockchain development, ETC, and just trying to freelance their way in the blockchain industry. So most people don't really know about like for example, they don't have knowledge about Ethereum or other cryptocurrencies. What they're after is um getting profit from the blockchain space.
0: How do you get them interested? What's like, what your what's your mode of attack for like getting people
3: to give a shit?
1: Okay, so um, what I do is like, okay, you mean the Nigerian audience, right? Okay, so this is what I've been doing for the past one year now. I have this class, more like a mastermind class, where we like train people about cryptocurrencies and. How they can start like a career in the blockchain space. So I have a lot of friends that are into, you know, they work as ambassadors, they work as moderator for other communities that I was the one that put them through. So the only thing that can bring them into it is if they are actually going to be getting something from it financially. Like if that if there's going to be financial rewards, there is there's barely anyone from the Nigerian way that you can see that is in cryptocurrencies for the tech. It is very, very weird. most of them are just after something that they can gain, like financial rewards. So that's the best way to get them to learn about something or do something. Like, that's the best way.
0: That's scary though, because you have to you have to try and convince them that they're going to make money and it's not necessarily guaranteed that they're going to or like maybe the benefits of crypto uh aren't obviously about making money but holding on to money in some sort of situations how do you like how, like do, do you have to lie to them do you have to try and sell them and if so like no no you, you have to like it's, I, it's it's rot for scam like we hear a lot of like a uh, scams being popular in nigeria because people want to make money and but like uh, uh, like how do you how do you navigate
1: that yeah that's true like when i do my classes i usually tell them that all right you can make um Money from this, but it is not guaranteed. I tell them often that there's every chance that you could be in this, you could do so many things, and still you're not going to gain anything at all from it. And yeah, like it's, you're right about this scam, like there are so many people that get scammed. They even see now, especially people who are into trading, people that trade peer to peer. That was why I got very, very interested in Teller because it would solve sort of a very, very big issue for us. Yeah, because there are so many people that. What they are learning is how to like buy and sell Bitcoin among themselves, and they usually get scammed every day. Like even till now, it still happens day, every day. It happens daily. So like I usually tell them a friend that all right, you might join this and you might not really gain anything, but it's going to help you a lot. You are going to learn a lot. You're going to be exposed. You're going to meet new people and all of that. So that's what I try to sell them and tell them that that's what you are going to be getting while they- financial reward is just like
2: an extra and it is not really hey you guys ever noticed that you'll be having an in-person conversation about hot Cheetos or cats or something or or emus and you don't even own a cat you might own an emu but the next thing you know on facebook you start getting ads for cat litter emu gates it sucks you should be paranoid Big centralized tech companies make money from your data and they feed it back to you. You are the product. You're not buying anything. You're buying more of the things that you do. So, but guess what? Now you can take some control back with the Status Chat app. The Status app lets you chat, transact, and use Web3 dApps. Status is decentralized, so even the messaging runs on the encrypted whisper protocol. Status is also crazy about privacy and security. So you know your data and your identity are safe. And if you want to verify that, they open source everything. They build so you can hack away at it yourself and find out why it's the most secure distributed chat app. If you couldn't tell, this is a sponsored content that Status wrote. They paid us to say the last few things and this too. Status is transparent as a core principle. So they thought it would be right to tell you that. And it's meant to give me them exposure. Get you to go download their chat app from the app Store or status.IM/ git. and also helps the Bitcoin podcast network keep running. So go try it out, download it, get set up and find our public chat channel hashtag TbP. And we'll give out a few tokens to let you try out all the features. Just head to status.IM/ git to get started. One last time. Status.im. Splash git.
0: I see. So uh, Andy has joined us, Andy Boyan. He's uh, helped out uh, the Bitcoin Podcast Network quite a bit with marketing efforts. And he also uh, works at Status in a marketing in a marketing endeavor. So this is actually quite a few people from Status, as I'm the CSO. And Henry is a Status ambassador. Reasonable that we all talk about kind of your perspective uh, in the Nigerian community about crypto, as well as like how you participate... In
3: status as an ambassador. So, Andy, Andy, what's up? Say what's up. Hey guys, how you doing? Sorry, I popped in a little late, but I'm glad you could be here, Henry. And uh, yeah, I, I wanted to to talk to you because I thought it would be really interesting just to hear from a different continent. We don't hear a lot in crypto uh, about Africa. We hear a little bit maybe about uh, Bitpesa or. Um, uh, some things like that, but um, just to hear about what's going on. I know the Nigerian tech scene is really uh, fantastic. There's great colleges and a lot of developers coming out of there. It's a a booming time. Well, I don't know about this, this instant in the COVID crash, uh, how how that's going. But so I, I was just excited to hear about how you're thinking about that and how the community around uh, in and around Nigeria is thinking about that. So, um, yeah, what sort of stuff do you have going on with status ambassadors? And like, h- how does that work in um, to the Nigerian community outreach?
1: Okay, oh, so I don't get your question correctly. All right, it's easy. The last question. So.
0: I guess let's start. Let's start with what, like, you're, you're, you participate in, like, with status as a status ambassador. Can you explain yeah. what that is and, like, how you use it to I guess talk about crypto in your community.
1: Okay, um, so we have um, I most of the Nigerian communities are usually on um, either WhatsApp or Telegram. So like it's been hard to convince them to switch to Discord. So um, I've been working for I've been a status ambassador for like I think six months now. I joined around November twenty nineteen. So. When I started as an ambassador, what I was doing was trying to, like, you know, tell them about status using WhatsApp seminars. Like, just doing, like, a small WhatsApp group chat where we're, like, you know, 30, 40, 50, and we, just, and we just discuss about status network. And I also, um, I host events as well. And I used, when I started, I started a podcast last year, although I've stopped it now. But I was using the podcast as the main way to educate them about status and also about crypto. I started classes and started telling people to listen to the podcast so they could learn about cryptocurrency. And then I spoke about status in between in the podcast episodes.
3: Do you find that people that you talk to are interested in privacy? Are they interested in free speech? or are they only interested in token economics and, and price movement? Or, you know, how, how is that?
1: Most of them are interested in token and price movement. That's what they are mostly focused about. Like, there's barely anyone that, like, you know, really cares about privacy that much. Most people don't care at all. Like, they just feel it's just, you know, there's no big deal about it. Even when you explain to them, they might be shocked at first because I had a, I had an event at um, Unilore. I hosted a status meetup for some. It was like computer science. Like they were computer science. They were studying computer science. They were students in Unilore. I hosted a meetup there, and I was talking about status network. So I explained the privacy. I used an I, I used an explanation. Like I used something to explain and they were shocked and they were surprised that wow, like there's so much. That, People can do with your privacy, but in the end, they never really cared because I still contacted them on WhatsApp and they were not really interested in using the app for privacy reasons. Like they were just focused on how can they gain something from this. That was their main focus. So, like most people here don't really care about privacy that much.
0: Do you think that's unique to Nigeria, or is that you think that's kind of a more broader thing? Because like most people are like, oh wow, I didn't realize security or privacy was such a thing, but I don't really give a shit. I just want to make money. Do you think that's UG <laughs> to Nigeria or do you think that's kind of just more broad?
1: Well, it's just because like, I feel it's unique to Nigeria in the sense that most of us here like, are people that we're actually going through a lot and, you know, be, let me say, we're not really financially stable, most people. So, like, the biggest problem that we face here is our financial issues. So, most people are just after getting self-sorted financially. They don't really care about other things. It is like, that's no always on their mind. The only thing they want to know is how can they make money? How can they get money to spend to do things? Like, that's the only thing. So I feel it is unique to us and probably across Africa as well. Most people don't really care about things like privacy. The only thing they are after is how they can make money.
0: That's it. It's like, how do they? Like, like you can make money in crypto um, you've been doing it uh, for a while but yeah. how easy is it to actually use once you have some like isn't that isn't that a big barrier is like say you can like you can teach people how to you know if they have some online skills or some internal community they can use crypto with each other yeah. get it but then how do they actually end up using it for like paying bills buying stuff like getting what they need to do in their
1: life Um, right now guys. Really anything, like, I, there's nothing that you can use crypto to do in idea Absolutely nothing. The only thing you can to do is trade it with someone else. Like, there's no shop, there's no restaurant, there's no place that you can go that you can actually pay with crypto. Like, there is none. Absolutely none. The only thing you can do with crypto right now is either you owe it or you sell it to a friend to cash. Like, so people that are, that are usually in crypto, once they make money, they keep it in Bitcoin and once they want to like um once once they want to use cash for something they have to sell it. Although recently, due to the um the financial market crisis that is going on, people are expecting the price of um dollar, the price of naira to fall, so they are actually advising people to convert their fiat to USD. So most of them are like, instead of you converting it to dollar, you can instead convert it to. Bitcoin, because Bitcoin is something like it's built for things like this.
3: Hey, I came in late. So, Henry, where are you in Nigeria? Are you in Lagos or nearby? It's Lagos. I'm Lagos. Lagos. So, like, if listeners don't know, Lagos is one of the fastest growing cities. It's uh, uh, incredibly um, technologically advanced and there's a ton of colleges. It's like this crazy, bustling urban center. Um, that has experienced amazing growth in the last fifteen years uh, a, a really vibrant area interesting area so w- what is curious to me is like this is one of the you know most advanced cities in on the continent on the African continent especially um, yeah, so it 's interesting to me to hear that there 's still just this lack of infrastructure that that people can 't exchange. In, in, in very many ways that are very easy. the other thing your statement made me think about though is die or, you know, a stable coin that's in dollars could be a really yeah. valuable uh, sort of thing, because it's a chance for you to get tokens from remittances essentially, or, or other ways, and then convert it over to a stable currency to, to hold on to regardless of token fluctuation. Then you just got dollars.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So like, are you the crypto dude that no one wants to listen to? Like, as like, is it all your friends are like, oh, come on, Henry, shut up, stop talking about crypto? Or yeah, like, are people yeah. pretty, pretty like responsive to what you're trying to tell them?
1: Like, I have, I am actually someone that I have a lot of friends because I usually go, I move a lot, I travel a lot, I go to events a lot. So I have a lot of friends. What I noticed is that most of them, 90% of them are people that are usually not interested in cryptocurrency distortions because they believe it's a, you know, they don't really want to like work hard to earn money. So most of them are like, okay, I want to earn money from cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. So once they learn about it, that they feel bored, like they are not really interested. Especially things like privacy, this is that we're talking about just like decentralization. Like when you're telling them that there is no like keep keeping your money in bags is not safe. Like, it's better when you're holding cryptocurrency. They're like, why do I have to do that? Like, my money is saving back. That's what they actually believe. So most of them just believe it's just a boring old topic that means nothing. While there's a small percentage that are actually very, very interested in cryptocurrency discussions, and they enjoy it. They have groups. We have a lot of groups that we discuss on there. But most people find it actually boring or shady. Like, they just think it's some sort of fraud or something.
0: Why don't they think shady? You know- Go ahead, Andy.
3: No, that
1: um, that's a sentiment
3: that I hear here a lot in, in the United States is 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 the exact same concerns is people are interested because it might make money. And sure, yeah, maybe it has a use outside of it, but most people that they you know generally don't care. So um but but I got that shady question a little while ago from a friend, like, isn't that used for you know drugs or whatever? And I'm easily able to say, well, yeah, but not nearly as much as U.S. dollars and it's more transparent in these ways. But um, is it the same sort of perceptions there that people have lost money or that um, there's illicit things happening uh, Henry, um, there?
1: Okay, so um, the thing is most of the, um, let me say, most of the educated youth or people that are very, very active on the internet in Nigeria are actually people that are in true um, fraudulent activities. So I think you've heard of them, like those um guys that are into yahoo yahoo or something like that so most of the people that are actually educated they are very good with tech are people that are usually into distance so what other people believe is that bitcoin is also one of those things that they use for it so that's why they just have this um vision that all right bitcoin is also something shady because those guys are into defrauding people online and all of that like using gift cards you know Chatting with people and pretending, etc. So that's what they do. So that's why some people believe it is a fraud. Why? And another percentage are people that have been, you know, defrauded before by on people that sell online, like people that pose as Bitcoin sellers and buyers, and then you just send them your Bitcoin, they just block your WhatsApp, and your Bitcoins are gone. Or you send them your cash, and your cash is gone, and they don't send you your BTC. So that's why most of most people believe it is it is shady or fraudulent.
0: How do you get past that? Like, what do you, what do you think needs to happen to make it um, easier for people
3: to
1: care, or, or what? That's why I'm um, I I'm actually very very interested and in anticipating the launch of Stella. Like, it's going to play huge because there are many people that the biggest problem they have is how can they buy Bitcoin? They are scared of getting defrauded and they just believe that well it's a scam. And the first time they try, they try with a scammer and boom, their money is gone. So we tell us it's, it's going to be very, very easy to start building trust. Like there was this, um there is this child um, I think I've forgotten the name. Either uh, is that something like is it is not PayPal, but the people use it in Nigeria to buy and sell Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. So there was a year, like it was late last year, and then all of a sudden they just closed down. Most of the people that had accounts there and they just took all their BTC. So, things like that have actually dented the trust that they have. So, most of them are just like, well, Bitcoin is a scam and all of that. The biggest problem we have is how they can actually buy those cryptocurrencies or how they can convert it to cash. So, I believe with Teller, it will play a very, very good job.
0: So, our audience is not familiar with what Teller is. Um, I'm, uh, I guess, uniquely position to describe that considering I'm currently building the uh, the security audit proposal, uh, request for proposals uh, for Teller. Teller is a status built um, decentralized Ethereum or decentralized Bitcoin. It's basically a way for people to um, find people in their local area who are willing to trade cryptocurrencies um, that doesn't rely on any central party um, or isn't run by any individual organization. So Status, as an organization, is building this and then getting a security audit for it and then just a, releasing it, releasing the like how to how to do it, and then we'll allow someone to kind of run it. I don't think we're going to actually run it ourselves, but it'll be available. So that's getting ready to uh, be launched in the very near future. But you're, I guess I, I didn't personally realize that people are kind of waiting for this. I knew that... It's difficult especially in 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 some areas around the world to um, buy and sell crypto, but I didn't know people were necessarily waiting for this and you didn't have other options like that's that that kind of excites me and and i want i want to be very clear here like from an outside perspective we're all we all work at status and we all kind of push their products, but I had no anticipation of talking about teller. Or understanding that you were waiting for it before this, and I'm excited to hear that. Uh, I didn't even think anybody knew about it, to be honest. So, like, it's that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. So, so.
0: yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, one of how did you how did you learn one about one, it? Like, where did you learn about yeah. teller?
1: Um, it was when like I joined the ambassador program. Like, I was just checking out the site and everything, trying to read up about. The project that was where I found it. That uh, was one of the it's things kind of hidden. that me interested.
0: <laughs> it's on the site. It's kind of hidden, and there's a there's a beta program that's uh, currently live. You can go play with it um, right now, uh, just to kind of get a sense for how it works. Like, I guess I'd like to hear a little bit more about kind of. You spend a lot of time moderating different status channels within the application. One thank you for that because um, when I say moderating, you basically answer questions, point people in the right direction, um, try and keep people from spamming certain channels or putting, putting them, putting their conversations to the right place. So like, I, like, I can't thank the people who do that, like, like you enough because uh, it's, it's difficult for me to spend too much time uh, doing that. Cause I have to keep building stuff, but like, can you talk a little bit about your experience sitting inside status channels and talking to people and, and kind of that, that whole process.
1: Okay, like it's actually very, very fun. Like it's because I am someone that um, I I am very I'm a texty type of person. Like I'm I don't really talk with people like that. I'm used to always being on my phone or on my laptop typing and texting with others. So and it is usually fun asking questions and just helping people out with worries that they have and also like what what makes it even funner, fun is because of um, the likes of I think Akatsu um, Taidos and also someone I think Paul Majestic Iceland goes, so it's usually very very fun interacting with them and just helping other answer queries. like it's very very fun and I'm used to it already like I've been doing this for like two three years now
0: how does that you've you've been in the process of being some like a community manager type roles in a lot of organizations like hey what do you feel is missing or necessary to make it better or like uh kind of amp it up so that it becomes easier to build communities in something like status or like Think, can we'll you imagine even bringing your friends into 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 an application like status and getting them to use it like, instead of like just moving from telegram and don't oh, like yeah, you don't need to shield like, the product like if this is you could be completely real here if you have problems say them like I there's no like penalty for that <laughs> I want to, I want to make that very clear yeah
1: I I know I know I know so like the thing about these about status app is that I have I keep on I do that every day like I talk with people that all right download um status and you can use it we could chat on it I have some friends that we actually chat on status app. Like, I was the one that invited them to join. Like, I told them about the Nigerian community and everything that I'm going to start. But what the problem is that most of them don't really see any reason to use status now when they have WhatsApp, when they have Telegram, or most people don't even use Discord. Like, they are, they are always on WhatsApp and they're always on status. Like, because they are not really gaining anything from it. So, they are not really interested in using it at all. That's you know, the main problem now. There's
3: some really so network effects in chat or social applications are huge. In order to get good participation, you have to have good participation. The reason people got onto Facebook was because everybody was on Facebook and it just yeah. goes exponential. There's weird people. We are weird because, especially Corey, I know you and I, we're on every single chat application. Oh, I'm extra weird. Extra weird. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know, there's this really interesting phenomenon I've noticed, um, across crypto, but it's got to happen in other, uh, industries as well is dead chats. When you join a telegram for, you know, project and there's nobody talking, it's just so-and-so joined, so-and-so left, so-and-so joined, so-and-so left, uh, like on telegram, like it, it gives this, this spirit of, of what's happening, of, of nothing happening. Uh, or there's this example I saw uh, came across a couple of weeks ago. Actually, it was before the crash. Um, a project that I follow, I think they do really good work. I have their token. Um, I'm excited about them. Well, they uh, tried to get listed on Binance. They joined a Binance competition, and the telegram just turned to garbage. It was all, you know, wind, moon, and just the trash talking from the other project. And it just went from, you know, relatively dead and kind of interesting, normal chat, to dumpster fire in a week and then they lost and it went back and now it's just, you know, dead and interesting. Wow. And, and, like that dynamic is, it's a reality of crypto, but it's hard to deal with. You know, man, it's it's really dispiriting for somebody building to watch your community, you know, ebb and flow like that.
1: Yeah, like that. Um, that's why it's very, very nice to, you know, put some sort of like activities, like activities that would make people learn about your project and then they like get rewarded for it um most of the I've worked on on telegram days they we usually do like more like something like um a quiz and an activity competition we usually do it together so we get people to be like study about the project, and then we just do like a quiz session maybe like once a day and be like all right we'll just ask like five questions people that get it they can just answer like people that get it will be rewarded and also the people that are most active on the chat during a particular period of time will get rewarded it makes people want to like learn more about your project they want to talk more about the project and they don't usually go off topic because there are tons of others in there so things like that usually help build trust and the best thing is once you get someone that is like someone that totally loves your project that's boom like you don't have to go on that person again the person starts talking when he wants to talk, start helping you shield the project, do anything or Like, person just does it in his own real will. So that's, like, the goal. The goal is, like, you know, get just one person, convince the person, and get the person to like your project, get others to like your project, and, like, the community grows um, itself. Like, it goes naturally by itself.
3: I think that is really great advice. I, I, that is something I, just, I haven't thought about. When I've joined communities and I want to support them, that's one of the things I did. That's what I did for a Bitcoin podcast is I joined the Slack and I just started talking to people because I was interested in it. But then it, when I've done that in other places, you, now that I'm thinking, like, do you notice that? Like, get just one person. If you get just one person that'll start having those conversations, then your community is off and running. There you go. You can kind of step back. and oh, That's a really interesting well, idea. It's,
0: it's hard. I mean, coming from uh, like my like if i put on my podcast hat here um like we we started the podcast a long time ago and it took us a while to even get like a hundred downloads an episode and we were really stoked when that happened and in and, and the process of like ramping up and ramping up and ramping up and getting more and more downloads per episode um we didn't get anybody like talking to us or giving us feedback or saying anything or liking tweets or anything like that. But like there was clearly people listening to the episodes and and it took a while before we started getting people to talk to us. And I, and it's, I think it's a natural progression of popularity where like only a small percentage of people who, who like something, who are interested in something, who are technically part of the community who will actually interact who actually start talking, and so at, at that point, when you get to a certain size, you actually have a group of people who are talking to each other. Most people are just reading or, or or like passively consuming the content, and then, when and then from there, only a certain amount of those people who are actually actively communicating with each other will end up like spending a lot of their time and becoming like active contributors. In that conversation. And like Andy is is, is like one of the few people who have like joined, started talking, actively contributed, and have become and have slowly transitioned into someone who is a part, in my opinion, a part of the like the Bitcoin podcast team. It's like that's a that's a very, 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 very small percentage of the entirety of people that can like that that like are in the community, if you will. And I think that's like uh a good example of most communities, and so it takes a while until you start getting that kind of feeling. Like Henry, like you said it before, like you enjoy being in certain status channels because you've developed relationships with a few of the other people who also are in those status channels. We have a lot of installs and in status, but there's only a few people who are like really active in certain channels and and kind of help out. And I think it just takes a while before we get. Until we grow that part of the community yeah. i'm just curious like what do we need to do like how do you how do you make that happen i don't know i don't have the answer to that
1: okay what? um so like okay, you answer some okay no, so go ahead okay so like what i believe is that the best way to grow the community is to what i feel like we have to do like all this um Mini activity competitions. It is like that's like still the best way to convince most of the food I know are people that like they would only talk when they see something that all right they are going to like gain one way or the other from this. Like it is very very rare to see people like you said that are usually very interested in your project. But once you get them to that stage where they like, let's say you do a quiz competition now just once. You do a quiz competition, you have like hundred different winners. Out of those hundred, you see at least ten different people that will be like they'll be like they'll continue talking on your group chat, they'll continue contributing even without gaining anything. But at first they've actually gained something, but now they understand your project. So they love it and they want to talk now. Like the thing is that the only reason why most people will not talk on a group chat is because they don't Really understand what is going on they don't have anyone that they are talking to but once you've given them something to engage to that they are first to talk it would be very hard for them to just go back and not talk again although most of them usually go back but you get a small percentage maybe like one percent two percent that will be like all right let me know more about this for you let me talk more on this group chat maybe there might be a future prize or something like let me just continue talking like that so once you keep on doing those competitions you get more people that will just continue talking and then the activity grows itself.
3: Here, here's another example is uh, Twitter hashtags. So Twitter is really valuable if you can create your own original content, funny jokes, insightful tweets, whatever shit posting, um, and people will follow that and like that and share that most people just don't know how to do that. They enjoy that content, but it's hard. And like, I'm a professional creator and writer. This is what I do. And I can't come up with fresh content like that all the time. It's really hard. So when you take a look at hashtags, what those are is people can latch on to an idea, a meme and join in and, and share it, whether it's a, a format or, um, you know, just, just a hashtag in your experience, it's joining into those things that are already going, it's just a way for people to participate and say, oh, well, I know how to jump in on this. I know how to have this conversation right now. So a contest, people know how to do that, and they can talk about that. Um, Money, right? Just crypto in general. Well, I know how to make money. I know how to have more money than less money. That's easy. To talk about privacy, that's a lot harder. But um, you know, things that are sort of memes that, that are kind of viral in nature, it doesn't mean it has to spread like crazy, but that people can understand and latch onto and participate in.
0: Yeah, so funny enough, yeah. um, I never really thought about it this way, um, but in a sense, public channels within status, the way they operate, are essentially hashtags, right? It's, it's you, you can make, anyone can make one. Anyone can start a conversation with a given topic just by, just by like typing it out and going to that public room. Uh, And anyone else who types the same thing goes to the same public room and the conversation is there. And so you can latch on to conversations. That's that's all a public room is in, in status is a unique amount of text that points you to a room that everyone has a conversation about. It's a topic. And so like I'm posting this message on this topic and that's, and that topic is the name of the, is the name of the room. And so like, I guess it's, it's a it's a different view of what hashtags are in, in Twitter, right? It's just a little bit more contextualized. It's not someone just saying, I did this thing, hashtag so-and-so, if you want to. Look at it. and It's more like, I'm going to go talk about this thing, so I go to hashtag so-and-so, and there are people talking about this thing.
3: Okay, I have an idea. I started a channel, and um, it's Never Have I Ever. So you guys know how to play Never Have I Ever?
1: yeah i do
3: so (laughs) so if i say never have i ever been on a podcast that would fit because i have been on a podcast so you say never have i ever and then you say a truth and um you know there's there's supposed to be this this uh you know game with it but in this channel we're gonna say anonymous truths it's a never have i ever channel now this is a meme so people know how to play coming in and tell me never have i ever had children that's fine never have i ever nearly died try it let's try it out and spread
1: it and see if it works i want to see what what comes
3: up all right that's That's a great way to that sounds
0: very fun i'll I'll give it a shot i did not mean for this episode or this interview to turn into a shield festive status but that's what it has become uh so so what go download status uh they're they're a sponsor anyway so yeah assuming uh go download status go to the channel how do you spell that just all one word andy
3: yeah I did never have I ever all one word all lowercase okay
0: never have I ever all one word go to that channel you'll at least find us three uh trying to play a game within uh the status application uh Henry, okay. thanks for coming on the show are there any are there any questions that you would have like liked me to ask that I didn't ask you
1: no 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 no,
0: no. all right man well thanks thanks for coming on the show and i like from my personal no self i I really do appreciate. The uh, contribution you make to the status ecosystem and the help you do, um, and all the channels helping people figure out how things work, where to go, how to talk, uh, helping people understand what to do. So, like, I appreciate that, okay. and uh, and yeah, cool. Thank you
2: very much. And we're back. We're back. So, hope you enjoyed that interview with Mister Bitmod. Uh, You could find him battling Optimus Prime on Saturdays uh, between the hours of 1 and 4 on PBS. So, um, you know, obviously we don't... Community is is big in in crypto, especially because it's mostly small communities with very loud voices that start these uh, movements that become just kind of adopted in society, like Twitter uh facebook um reddit now like reddit reddit is like very 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 mainstream now and i remember back me, you were in school when you introduced me to reddit i was like oh this is pretty cool it's funny and it even it had even been around long before that you know what i mean um and now it just seems like like even my parents know about reddit which is weird. They're like, yeah, I was on Reddit, and I'm like, oh lord, oh lord.
0: <laughs> I, I think like, they made it easier. They made it easier to use on your mobile device. For the longest time, it was like really annoying to use. And started, people started building applications that allowed it. Really made it really easy using a mobile device, which blew it up. Because like I never used it on my phone when I first started. I'm not even sure I was using it much. Even using the internet much on my phone back then. It's just the front page of the internet. It's where he found, so we went to find stuff that people were posting on Facebook.
2: Mm. Well, not to do a hard switch from community, but how, dude, how juicy does your portfolio look? Hashtag none of that shit matters to you. Don't try to sue us for shit. That our government has printed $6 trillion in the last six weeks. And. Almost none of that has gone to regular people. Like how juicy does does your crypto investment look that governments around the world.
0: How did you get from Reddit to that?
2: Because man, sometimes I make hard left turns, bro. You got a whole lot. That was
0: a hard left. I I was I uh, you you lost me in that one.
2: You gotta hold on, bro. You gotta oh, hold Jesus on. Because Christ. sometimes sometimes we're going, sometimes we're going straight and then we go hard left. That was the, right? that was a
0: quantum leap of conversation.
2: Hard <laughs> left. You find you now found yourself in a totally different conversation. All right. So one, the US government is doing a lot of shitty shit and it's not looking well all governments like around the world are failing. So when you take that into consideration, oh, there it is. Did that come through that time? <laughs> yes, it yeah, did. Wow. That's what they're doing, bro, on a, on a weekly basis, and so it tells me that like all these slow developments going on in crypto, and then you see stuff like like last week. I, I really hope we land this guy. He 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 tweeted like a series of graphs about the value transfer going on with stable coins, and I don't really like stable coins. To tell you the truth. Um, but at the end of the day, um, at least they're trying to use crypto and they're using it well. If you look at the user base of stable coins. So and all these stable coins are built on Ether. Right. So correct me that's if I'm wrong part. here. For the, Except for DAI. You know, DAI is different. Tether. Well, that's still DAI is built on Ether. The, is Tether's on its ether. own thing. but um, Tether is a stable coin that is not built he, on Ether. He was specifically talking kind about I think the ether based stable coins, but um you know, and soon all the stable coins put together will be doing more value transfer than bitcoin, uh which is you know that's a new thing that'll be a new chapter and it correct me if I'm wrong, but if a bank is to build a stable coin, they first have to buy ether right.
1: If they're gonna build, if they're going
2: if they're gonna build an Ethereum-based stablecoin, they first have to buy Ether.
0: So there are ways around um, using Ether for gas, which is somewhat of like a, like a they usually call like gas stations, which you you send that smart contract um, only your token and it converts it for you. So you're kind of delegating the gas purchase. And there's going to be future, future methods of abstracting or using any token to pay for gas. So like, for those that don't know, any type of transaction that is done on the Ethereum network uses Ether as gas. So there's a conversion between Ether, which is the native token of Ethereum, um, into gas, which is what is consumed when um, computing transactions on the network. The larger the transaction, the more stuff it does, the more gas it consumes. Gas is like you buy gas with ether. You buy ether with your money. Uh so that's kinda of slow breakdown or quick breakdown of what all this stuff is. So basically, yes. And if you do something or you build something on Ethereum, it will consume ether whenever something whenever that something does anything, whenever you make a transaction that changes its state, whenever you use it, et cetera. But uh there are some ways around it, it'll get better. But for the time being, yeah, you need you need ether.
2: So If a stable coin is to be a bed, a flower bed, if you will, of high volume exchanges, high volume exchanges between Bitcoin and Ether, Ether and status, Ether and this Bitcoin and that, then each one of those transactions has to use a small amount of Ether. Yep. Boom. The future is now. Let's retire, bro. Me, let's retire. let's just retire right now. Fuck it. I All can't right.
0: retire right now.
1: I gotta I got feed my future kid.
2: Oh shit! That's right. Damn. My bad, bro. My bad. No, I can't retire either. I got. Some, I got to work sometimes. I thought I was close, man. In twenty seventeen, I was like, bro, I ordered five Hawaiian shirts. I was like, I am ready for it. This is it. <laughs> but anyways, um, okay. So. I say that to bring it all the way back to the beginning of the episode and why I'm starting to go full-tilt Ether is that all the things that I thought were going to happen on top of Bitcoin are actually happening on top of Ether. Even Bitcoin is happening on top of Ether. For now. Right? Oh, until you're talking about until it was the proof of stake.
0: No, we don't know. We We don't know. Like, I'm still not willing to say what is going to be the thing that works in the future. We've had a shift of developers from yeah, Bitcoin to Ethereum, and a lot of people are building Ethereum because that's what works now. That does not mean it's going to work later.
2: You're a scientist, bro. That's, 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 that's what you do. You take that objective path. You're hard-etched in it. It's in your soul. It's in your spirit. I ain't It's no the only
0: way to be confident in the things that you say.
2: If you're a scientist, you you can
0: you can have educated guesses if you if you have a reasonable amount of evidence to say, like, this is going to happen within this time frame in a five year time frame. No one has a reasonable thing to say. That's like in a high confidence interval. No one can say anything with an incredibly high confidence and be right. That something is going to happen in the Bitcoin space or blockchain space in five years. We just don't know. It's too volatile, the technology is moving too fast, and so many things can happen in that interim for a time. For us to make hard, hard, hard bets in terms of where to allocate all your money or what's going to happen, it's all mm-hmm. still like based on so many things that are up in the air. And so if you say that Ethereum is the only thing that's gonna exist in five years and everything else is gonna die, you're stupid. Say Same thing for Bitcoin, you're stupid. They will exist, more than likely, and there will be value in them, but like the relative distribution of value across all blockchains, that's really hard to point out at this time.
2: I'm willing to be stupid. Alright. This is what I'm... Here, <laughs> here it is, wait. Here we it go. Here it it's coming. It it Alright, so this is what I think. I think that I'm going to put on my, I need a noise for when I put on my Negro Damas hat and I, might. I probably should stop saying Negro Domus because it's racially insensitive, but you know, there's a gray area there or should I say a Brown area? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so, anyways, uh, I think Bitcoin is going to be the boring we need it to be. And by that, I mean, this enormous silo of wealth is start to go and start leaking out of the OTC market that is obviously vibrant because no one talks about it. And then Bitcoin's value is going to slowly creep towards that all time high back in 2017. It's not going to be overnight like it used to be, but it's going to be several chunks, just enough for the greater public not to notice. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit, Bitcoin's a thing again. I'm saying from now until 20. 25 we're going to see bitcoin slowly creep up to 25 thirty thousand 000 per bitcoin it's going to be dope but it's boring right nobody look i got a five dollar bill right here Corey. and the way we used to run the show is we would get like we would look at like this corner here this code this mk 2644369 and we would pick it apart and we would say like this is so fucking fascinating this code nobody does that shit nobody cares about how this shit works so Bitcoin is going to be the boring that we need, and what I mean by that is going to start to actually function like some sort of reserve value of wealth for the globe to start to use for reference points, right? Because right now Bitcoin is not a reference point because it's so volatile. It's just an investment, it's just a volatile investment. But in the next five years, it's going to start to move away from that and start to show some stability because it's boring.
0: I'm going to go ahead That's, and I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you. I, okay. second, I don't think I don't think it'll do that I think it'll be around it'll be useful for a few things but not that much it won't be it won't be the global reference point
2: not global reference what do you what do you mean when you say global reference point
0: uh, what did you mean when you said it
2: I'm talking about like the value like how things are measured against the dollar
0: yeah it's not going to be that
2: why that why you I don't that? think it's going to be that important I but think why? something
0: else will take that place. Why Bitcoin? Because people use Bitcoin right now.
2: Oh yeah, a lot of people use it. A lot of people use. I E3's think there'll space. be something
0: that does the same job but does it better. Bitcoin will be, in my opinion, eventually. How I how I perceive this to happen is that Bitcoin will become a novelty cryptocurrency. As you should have it because it was the first and it's cool and it's 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 novel to have. But in terms of actual like use, it'll continue to lose all of its its kind of value and becoming the like de facto standard or sure. gateway to Ethereum.
2: It'll be digital gold or sorry to, to, to crypto. No, it won't even be that.
0: Gold. That's still a heavy use case.
2: Gold is a heavy use case.
0: Yeah, that's a store. that's the storage of value narrative. That's all it is.
2: Gold is park not. Your, park your guarantee. money
0: here is what it, is gold. what storage of value says.
2: Exactly, yeah. Gold's not going to be that. Gold's not even used for that much shit. Like it's not. And it, it's it's gold is dope. Um, but it's not. I mean, it's you of course have some gold. Go to voltoro.com dot com right now. Get some gold. Get some Bitcoin. Have it away. We're not sponsored by them, but uh, go do it. Joshua Shigala, great guy, runs that go do it but I mean the, some of the things that I think the greater crypto community like doesn't it's not always about uses, usefulness it's about the idiocy and irrationality of human emotion and Bitcoin has such a high network propagation right now that it really doesn't matter how useful it is it doesn't
3: yeah but like
0: Cool, it's 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 high compared to the rest of the uh, tokens or networks that are currently available. Right, that's that's what we can say. We can currently say that mm-hmm. in the entire community, Bitcoin is the highest in terms of network, like mm-hmm. the like the network effects. That's even arguable in some in some in some ways. Uh, but I would argue that. The entire crypto community is so slow that the next kind of um, growth event, like inflation event of the of the, of the community size and value size, mm-hmm. is going to dwarf what we're currently at, which leaves a tremendous amount of room for a shift in that narrative or a shift in the kind of dominant player, because we don't have any real like global use applications of people using the technology. Which drives a lot of the narrative on what's the most useful de facto standard. Whatever that is, whatever is the driver to the massive next step in adoption will end up becoming that becoming that de facto standard or, or storage of value. I don't think, I, I, I think there's a good chance that Bitcoin won't be it.
2: Yeah, but the, there's also a good chance that nobody will fucking know what that is. That
0: doesn't matter. Like that doesn't for matter. For
2: example, like for example, the are you are you so right now the reserve currency of the world is the dollar. But we printed six trillion of them in a month and a half. So why are you is telling, it
0: the dollar? Hold is up, it because hold up. you think it's the dollar?
2: No, it's because the world thinks it's the dollar. The world a rationally irrationally
0: who, who changes the value of that system the most. Is it people who arbitrarily use cash and the dollar who, who, who have wages and go to work and buy their groceries? No,
2: it's the huge players. Who, exactly. Who, who That's what I'm saying. All this stuff is the huge players behind the scenes. Don't that something else is their reserve. Something else that nobody knows. Something else is, is running the shit. Something else at, that actually has value that they're actually trying to protect, that no one knows about, is is what it is. Because if no, you I look think so. at them, I think it's,
0: I think it's Wall it, Street. Like they 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 decided that the dollar is the standard in which they measure everything else.
2: For the most okay, part. that's what shifted
0: the majority, and so like because of that, that dollar has become a global standard. So if the large players decided what the global standard would be because they're the ones making the most changes. I'm saying whatever ends up doing the same thing in the cryptocurrency space will become the standard regardless of whoever's using it kind of like who what 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 common people doing small value transfers or are using and think is normal it's going to be the big players that make the big changes of value and big changes in use case that kind of force the rest of the people to adopt things because of their decisions that's going to become a standard i don't know what that's going to be I don't think it's going to be Bitcoin.
2: Well, nevertheless, Bitcoin is going to continue to grow in value. Supply is going down. Demand staying the same.
0: If that's true, yeah, value should go up.
2: (laughs) So, I mean, the demand always stays the same. And the demand only is going to stand to grow when you have... The ability, That's what I'm saying is like the behind the scenes stuff, like why in the hell is the government getting so increasingly, increasingly invasive when it comes to what kind of crypto activity you're involved with? Why in the hell do we start seeing more apps very uh, naively and almost predatorily offering the ability to exchange Bitcoin and buy Bitcoin and hold Bitcoin like Robinhood? you can buy and hold bitcoin in Robinhood. That's the most custodial hackable shit of all time. But nobody cares.
0: Yeah. Not all time. I've seen some I've seen some jank exchanges. Robinhood is pretty high up there in terms of quality. Well,
2: what well, well, okay, maybe Robinhood was a false call out, but what I'm saying is is that Robinhood is making it's almost it's for for us that have been to to from the beginning, it's almost predatory how much money they're making off of their little exchange in their phone. Like the the fees, right? Like why? Oh, yeah.
0: Well, it's against kind of the whole like, ideology of what this stuff is. It's like, like business has got to make money, man.
2: But exactly. Like, nobody cares, right? You'll pay the fee because you don't care. You just want the Bitcoin. It's irrational, and that's what I'm talking about. So as that keeps happening, the people with the money that you just talked about already have fucking mountains of Bitcoin. They have fucking mountains of Bitcoin. And they're just going to start leeching fees. They're going to start leeching this shit over people that weren't moving fast enough. And Bitcoin's value is going to... Their value is now locked. And it's going to grow and grow and grow. We're going to start to see banks offering Bitcoin. Well, did you? Did your computer just break?
0: Nothing. you're good. You're good. Sorry.
2: We're going to start to see banks offering Bitcoin. We're going to start to see credit unions offering Bitcoin custodial services. We're going to start to see it in Walmart. We're going to start to see all kinds of shit. Go to the store. Buy some shit. Like, hey, you want to buy a Bitcoin gift card? Or What I'm saying is, is... The supply is now owned by the people that want to make money off of it, the market makers. So they're going to now decide that this market goes this way. Now they're holding a giant mountain of Bitcoin. They're not just going to let it fucking dissipate. No, nah, they are going to make you make money off your inventory, homie. You don't just buy it and hope that you can sell it. No, if you could buy your inventory and then make derivative value off of it still sitting there.
0: <laughs> There's an what? argument there. We'll see how it's, we'll see what happens. I think I think they'll shift over time because you're still comparing it to relative to the kind of total market pool that currently exists, and that's just so small it's small. it's so small', mountains it's small of Bitcoin, that we know of mountains now. of money
2: we're not involved with the over the counter market we there's no we don't have pockets that deep we don't know how we don't know how big it is. And you know, my
0: giving (sighs) giving you some credence. The way things currently stand, um, if you've listened back to the to to the interview we had uh, about the darknet markets, like Bitcoin is the one that's mostly being used by uh, allegedly late nation states to move money around. Mm -hmm. Which is which which is the big player? That's the big player use, right? Mm. What I mentioned earlier. I'm just saying. It's used because it's, it's probably uh, the most popular now. I'm not saying it's going to be in five years. I'm leaving it up to um, the technology changes over the next five years for that to change. A, there's, a, there's a strong possibility that that can change over the next five years. As for how it stands now, Bitcoin is what big players are using, period. Mm-hmm. DeFi is growing. It's still so small. Most of DeFi is built on Ethereum. It's still incredibly small. Big players, like nation states moving money around, are not using DeFi. That's for damn sure. Oh
2: well, no, they're not going to use DeFi. But, um, I'm not even done with my prognostic. I'm not even done with Negro Ether, I think, is going to consistently grow to be fall into that analogy of the oil, digital oil. You need it to build shit. Like that's one of the things people don't understand is you want to build something on ether. You got to buy a bunch of ether. There's no way around it unless I'm missing something found foundational. If you want to build a decentralized app, or you want to build something phenomenal on ether, you first have to own ether.
0: No.
1: Well, your, how do your you users, your users
0: own ether. It depends, right? Like I can deploy a smart contract uh, and the only amount of Ether that I need is the get, is the amount it costs to deploy the smart contract, which is variable depending on how big that smart contract is, right? Mm-hmm. Once it's on there, I don't need anything. The users of that smart contract provide the required Ether to, to make changes. I could okay. make money based on taking a cut of whatever the hell I'm doing. Or okay. depending on whatever my use case is, it can make money, but I don't need to do anything else after that.
2: All right, so let me reframe my thesis. In order to build something on Ether, you first need a nominal amount of Ether to start it. And if it is going to continue going, the users also need maybe a nominal amount of Ether to use it. Yeah, that's correct. So at the end of the day. In some way,
0: shape or form, yes, that's true.
2: There is an epsilon defined as nominal amount of ether.
0: Yeah, but think about that, right? That's nominal. That's just it's gas, like you said, or oil, or whatever you want to call it. But like if you look at something like Maker and Dye, that pulls a lot of the um, associated value outside of ether. So like, va- like value accrual in terms of the actual function isn't trapped in Ethereum in that instance. It's actually trapped in the, in the layer above with Maker. And so mm-hmm. what ends up happening is that function pulls a lot of value capture away from the base layer, which is Ethereum, into the one above it. And the more you build stuff like that, the, the more you extract the value of the underlying asset, Ether, And pull it into whatever the function is. So like a lot of the earlier kind of uh, like financial models for blockchain systems, like I think they tend to call them fat protocols, gave a lot of value to the underlying asset because that's where they thought value was being captured whenever you built something on top. That's not 100% the case anymore. And So... Like It could stand to reason that like the more we build things like Maker and DeFi and other stuff where the value is captured in the application, like kind of the way current applications are now today, the less valuable Ether is. It's just going to have some type of um, base value that's required to secure the network and reasonable to pay for the computation being done. But there's nothing that you minimize the like speculation value of that asset and move it somewhere else. I don't think Bitcoin has scenarios like this.
2: Yeah, but then I think we I think we get that that can be I hate using this phrase. I'm not even going to use it. That can be troublesome because we begin to build the very same hierarchy that we have now with these data silos like in your talk. Like in, in like in your talk, like if everything is captured in one layer, then that layer is going to be the server layer or whatever the fuck that everyone yeah, has to.
0: The way things are like fundamentally built in this ecosystem, you you make it more difficult to do that, or you will always at least have the option to opt out. You don't have to use it; you can use something else. You can like at this, but the way all these things are built, at least as it stands today, if you don't like the way a certain application is doing something, you can just directly use the layer below it and still get the same thing done with a little more work. And yeah. so, like, right, like with a lot of the stuff on the traditional internet or traditional finance, you can't do that. You're forced to use whatever the application makes you do. So, you can't opt out and go somewhere else underneath. At least you're like, much more constrained to do that. Mm. And so, yeah, you can build centralized stuff or like more constrained stuff using this model. But if you don't like it, just don't use it. Use something else that does the same thing the way you want it to. And that's, I think the main ethos behind all like how all this stuff is built. It's like, do whatever you want. If someone doesn't like that, they'll just not use it and do that same thing. Someone, some way else. Okay. That's the way I kind of view it. If that makes any, if that doesn't make sense, audience, tweet me or come on Slack and tell me. It just doesn't.
2: It. I don't oh. think it makes talking for the audience because I'm that fucking brazen. You damn right. Is that it doesn't make much sense because we're behaviorally groomed for it not to make sense.
0: Well, I hope this, I hope it changes that too. Hope we can start to kind of push up against that.
2: I hope so too. I really hope everybody just starts using crypto, so every day I wake up in the morning, it feels like this. Okay, button's not working. So much for soundboards, right? So he needs to work on a soundboard. Work. <laughs> is it going to work? Work. <laughs> boom, 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 There we go. You know what that drone? You know what that is, Corey. I see a smirk. I
0: don't, actually. I don't ever want to use that.
2: You don't know what I know what, what it is because you
0: told me. I know what it is because you told me, but I don't. I've never... Heard,
2: Get think. the fuck out of here. Everybody knows what that noise is. I'm not Play even Play again.
0: No, I don't think I've ever heard that. Yeah. I know what it is because you told me, but I don't think I've ever heard that.
2: Wow, you're that locked in that you don't realize that this is what you're hearing when you hear it. <laughs> That's
0: the, that's the way you approach that. All right, we'll we'll let the audience uh, argue about that. But uh, yeah, I don't. I've never heard that.
2: So, audience, we're gonna wrap this up. Welcome to the first episode of me having a soundboard. It's gonna be annoying for you, but fun for me. Um, <laughs> we uh we 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 bounced around a lot of topics. We started with community and how important it is. Uh, we've ended with. Trying to predict where this goes. Corey's always gonna be scientific about it. I'm always gonna be uh I'm always ah. gonna disas- no, I'm gonna disassociate myself. <laughs> this is what I do, it's slick, Corey. I've learned it from the best, like Hulk Hogan and Rush Limbaugh. I disassociate myself from my predictions by creating Negro Domus. Negro Domus makes the predictions <laughs> and then I get I take my Negro Domus hat off and I'm just D. Uh, All right. there you go. It's a character. What if you
0: get to type yourself?
2: Yeah, that's right. If I go to if I ever if I ever have to go to court, I'll be like, I was just a character, Negro Domus. <laughs> it's just a character. Uh anyways, uh thank you guys for listening to another episode. Please join the Bitcoin podcast Slack. Uh we should probably be better about advertising that we have a Slack channel. We've seen a few people join, so it means that hey, crypto's creep- creeping back into the uh creeping back into the uh mythos, ethos again so, ethos mythos, ethos, ethos, mythos there we go so um join the slack hang out with us hang out with andy hang out with hiroja shibi hang out with um, can
0: you not say her name
2: no i can't i cannot <laughs> so i'll never be able to say it uh <laughs> you hang out with joe hang out with jesse Corey and jesse are gonna have a type off soon uh and they're gonna stream. I'm a going
0: gonna wipe the floor with him.
2: Really? 148 words per minute? No, dude. I
0: got I got I got mad typing skills.
2: Bro, when Jesse types, it sounds like he's tunneling through the universe. Like it oh, sounds like another oh, never heard. I got before. him. Alright. Um I'm gonna go see if Street Fighter Five is worth the purchase and look for a puppy. Uh shout out to Zoe Saldana Shout out to whoever left a random five dollar bill for me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, play the outro.